This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with the news of the headlines. Teaching staff are holding a protest meeting in Bucharest today, calling on the head of state to get involved in solving their claims. In the meantime, the all-out strike continues. The National Emergency Situations Committee, convened by Prime Minister Nikolai Chuka, has approved a humanitarian aid for Syria. And the Uniter Gala, awarding the best Romanian theatre performances, will take place on June 12th in Timisoara. Last night, the Romanian government presented a new, better offer to the teachers, who on Monday entered the second week of their all-out strike. Teaching and auxiliary teaching staff were offered two bonuses of 2,000 lei, the equivalent of 400 euros each in June and October. For the non-teaching staff, the offer was the equivalent of 300 euro also in the form of bonuses. At the same time, the unions were promised the conclusion of an agreement with the parties in the governing coalition that would cover all the aspects to be included in the future salary law. The government's offer was sent to teachers from all over the country, and a response from them is expected regarding the continuation of the strike. Today in the capital, teachers are holding a march. They want to call on the president of the country, Klaus Johannes, himself a teacher, to get involved in finding a solution to their demands, especially the salary-related ones. Last week, over 10,000 education employees participated in a rally in front of the government headquarters. Meanwhile, the strike is particularly affecting final-year students, who fear they won't be able to sit their exams on time. In Romania, prison police officers are starting to also protest. They stand against the increase of the retirement age to 65, as they claim that the life expectancy of employees in the system is 62. Today, they are wearing white armbands at work, and for tomorrow, a temporary interruption of the activity for two hours is announced in several units across the country. Court clerks, too, have announced that they plan to join the protest started by the other categories of public employees. On Monday, hundreds of employees in the National Railway Company organized a protest rally. They accused the continuous degradation of working conditions and the fact that there is no salary scheme in the company to stimulate performance and increase the efficiency of the employees. Trade unionists from the medical sector have also started a calendar of protests. Their claims concern the application of the provisions of the salary law to all employees, with reference to the categories of staff that have the lowest incomes, the granting of vacation vouchers and the modification of the calculation system for increments, night shifts and food allowances. More on this after the news. 
The National Committee for Emergency Situations, convened on Monday by the Prime Minister of Romania, Nicolae Ciuca, approved the granting free of charge of humanitarian aid to Syria. It is intended for the population affected by the major earthquake produced on the territory of Turkey on February 6, which caused casualties and big material damage in Syria as well. The support is granted based on the humanitarian assistance request initiated by Damascus through the European Civil Protection Mechanism. The Romanian state, through the National Administration of State Reserves and the Romanian Patriarchate, will send basic goods, food, medical devices and shelter items. The transport will be carried out by air with the support of the Ministry of Defence. The Romanian Chamber of Deputies is to decide the final form of the bill amending the special pension law. Today, parliamentarians from the Labour Committee are analysing the amendments submitted on Monday by the leaders of the governing coalition. The changes were requested by the European Commission so that Romania could benefit from European funds, as the reform of special pensions is a milestone in the National Recovery and Resilience Plan. According to the new amendments, the standard retirement age is correlated with the public pension system in order to eliminate exceptions. For diplomats and court auxiliary personnel, the standard retirement age will increase to 65 years. The same principle will apply to military personnel gradually until 2035. More details after the news. The Uniter Gala, which awards the best Romanian theatrical productions, will take place on June 12th in Timisoara, with a new concept, specially created for the city in the west of the country, which holds the title of European Capital of Culture. In the preamble between the 7th and the 10th of June, three of the best shows of 2022 nominated for the Uniter Awards will be presented. Iribus King of the Marinsorescu National Theatre in Craiova, Antoni Nardo, the Sensi family of the Vasil Alexandri National Theatre in Yash, and Seaside Stories of the Constanza State Theatre. The performances will be followed by interactive question and answer sessions with the audience. And that was the news. Teachers, railway workers, the police, everyone is unhappy in Romania. I'm Cristina Mateescu with this commentary by Bogdan Matei. Frustration and anger seem to dominate Romanian society, and the government's social and salary policies are making more and more people take to the street. The Federation of Rail Carriers Trade Unions on Monday staged a protest rally outside the Bucharest headquarters of the Transport Ministry. The organizers demand the approval of the income and expenses budget of the Romanian rail companies, passengers and infrastructure divisions, as well as the application of the rail workers' statute. They are also complaining about the growing deterioration of labor conditions and the lack of motivating salaries and demand investments in the rail infrastructure and pay rises of almost 40% depending on certain coefficients. Unless their demands are met by the ruling coalition made up of the Social Democratic Party, the National Liberal Party and the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania, rail workers will go on strike, their trade union leaders are warning. This will be the biggest work stoppage of all time, one trade union leader, Rodrigo Maxim, is quoted as saying. Transport Minister Sorin Grindanu has agreed that the salaries of railway workers must increase in keeping with the law, 
saying the government is trying to find a solution in the budget. Unhappy with their working conditions and salaries, healthcare workers also recently said they might stop working, and police workers requested the right to strike, which is currently denied to them under the law. In sign of protest, prison workers are wearing white armbands and a temporary two-hour stoppage of work and the prison lock-in were announced for Wednesday. Prison workers' trade unions are opposed to the government's planned increase in the retirement age to 65, saying the life expectancy of the employees in this sector is 62. The teacher strike entered its second week on Monday. The government says it doesn't have the money to raise their salaries but has proposed to grant teaching and non-teaching staff the equivalent of 800 euros in two payments. A new protest was scheduled for Tuesday in Bucharest, in front of the presidential palace. Before going into politics, President Klaus Johannes was himself a teacher, and protesters are hoping to find some empathy there. Moreover, the media note that under the constitution, the president of the country must serve as a mediator in society and is therefore obliged to intervene at this time of acute crisis, when this year's high school graduates still don't know if they can take their baccalaureate exams. The ruling coalition has amended the draft law on special pensions and submitted it for review by the Chamber of Deputies. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this commentary written by Stefan Stoika. The Chamber of Deputies is currently working on a draft law to reform the pension system used primarily for the Magistrate Corps and for Army and Interior Ministry personnel, and which is not based on contributions to pension funds during the employment but on other special criteria. The reform is a benchmark in the National Recovery and Resilience Plan. As long as the issue was not linked to financial considerations, Romanian politicians were reluctant to tackling this delicate topic, with the exception of Save Romania Union in opposition, which has repeatedly lobbied for scrapping the special pensions. Before reaching the chamber, the bill on the special pensions saw amendments from the ruling coalition parties, the Social Democratic Party, the National Liberal Party and the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania. According to the authors, these amendments were designed to eliminate abuse and inequity, and the pension contribution principle will be from now on the primary factor in the entire public pension system. According to the new amendments, exemptions will be eliminated with respect to the standard retirement age, so that from now on, diplomats and auxiliary staff and courts will also retire at the age of 65. The same principle will be applied gradually until 2035 for military personnel as well. Also, until January 2034, the minimum relevant length of service requirement will be increased to 25 years for several categories of employees, including diplomats, parliament clerks and court of accounts staff. Under another amendment, certain categories of employees who previously had the same rights and obligations as magistrates or diplomatic staff will no longer benefit from special pensions. 
The calculation basis for special pensions is also being adjusted to the one used in the public system. Whereas so far, special pension benefits were calculated based on the revenues during the last 12 months in office, from now on, this period will be gradually raised to 300 months. No special pension will be higher than the salary received while in office. Also, a 30% tax rate will be levied on the special pension amount in excess of the current national gross average salary and in excess of the contribution principle. Another amendment cancels a mechanism used so far under which magistrate pensions were raised proportionately with the increase of gross monthly allowances paid to active judges and prosecutors. The retirement benefits paid to each citizen must reflect the importance of their life's work and their contribution to the public system, Prime Minister Nikolai Chuka said. He also added that with the pension law and the salary law, Romania will have completed the reform package stipulated for this year in the National Recovery and Resilience Plan, thus ensuring sustainability and equity in the public salary and pension sector. Quite predictably, the Higher Council of Magistrates has criticized the draft law on special pensions, warning that a sudden increase of the retirement age for judges and prosecutors might force over 1,500 magistrates out of the system. And this wraps up our newscast today. Don't forget you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Focus on Romania. Next on Radio Romania International, it's hit of the day. Listen to Andra and Andrei Bonuta with a 2023 take on a Romanian 1980s hit called I'd Never Thought About Breaking Up.
pentru tine iubirea poartă și alte rochii Nu mai aștept să te întorci cu scuze, să-mi aduci fel care să te acuze La despărțire nu m-am gândit You are listening to Radio Romania International. Inside Romania. Welcome to this edition of Inside Romania. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. He decided to settle in Romania from the Netherlands in 2011. He married in Sik, a village in Transylvania located 40 kilometers from Cluj-Napoca, to a woman who owned a saltwater lake. So his most recent project is to organize trips and accommodation in the area, including swimming in the lake and dancing at the dance museum he set up in the village. The Romanian story of Michael van Langeveld, however, began much earlier. I am a fanatic folk dancer and I started folk dancing when I was 20 years in Holland. I finished my school And in September 1980, I went to a dance club and uh, I liked it so much that uh, the same evening I became a member of the dance community. And every year, week, one and a half hour, I learned the dances from Europe, from Israel, from America, from everywhere. In 1984, I went to, uh, to Amsterdam and in a second-hand bookshop, I saw a book about uh, Transylvania and Hungary. In 1990, for the first time, I went to seek uh, to see a nice old blue house with a clean room. And I was a little bit thirsty. I asked for a little bit uh, water and they gave me palinka. One palinka, two palinka, three palinka, bone soup and again a palinka. And I was totally drunk. In the night, they brought me to another house, and the next day, I did not know where I was. Vai de mina, where am I? I opened the windows. I did not see uh, normal uh, cars, only horse wagons and cow wagons, and everybody was in uh, traditional uh, costumes. It was like Alice in Wonderland. And I always say in Sikh I was born again. Michael van Langeveld told us how he became specialized in folk dances, especially Romanian dances. From 1980 I uh, started folk dancing and uh, uh, the Balkan dances were very popular in Holland. 
and I think I learned about 60 Romanian dances. And also, uh, the interesting thing is that it was not with live music in Holland, it was with plates and uh, cassette tapes. Sometimes we had uh, teachers from Romania who also t uh, teach us uh, more uh, Romanian dances. The folk dances uh, are uh, from the Balkan. Most of the time they are in circles. Uh, but the, the Dutch dances are also in circles, but also many, many times uh, couple dances. And uh, these couple dances I found back in the Hungarian way of dances. And uh, in the Hungarian way of dances, also you, you must uh, improvise. And uh, you learn uh, the basic steps of a style, and then you can have your own uh, steps. Michal van Langeveld is not the first foreigner to fall in love with Romania and stay here, most often breathing new life into the places where they set up home. He tells us more about his earliest encounter with Romania. It was uh, also for me uh, a great surprise because uh, after 1990, I uh, went to Romania every year after the revolution and the Transylvanian Hungarians, they started to uh, organize dance camps. And also you could uh, learn uh, the Hungarian uh, music and the songs. Many times I went to a lot of dance camps in Transylvania, but also over the Carpathian, I went to the Moldavian uh, way of dancing. And that's also very nice. And more and more, because I attended these dance camps, I came at, at places which were so beautiful that I always said to myself, put the gate around Romania and you have an open air museum. I like uh, traditions. I like the people very much. And uh, in 2004, in Sik, I always saw a, a blue Transylvanian house with a roof that was very uh, romantic. Then in 2004, I decided to buy that house. And just two days after that, I went to the Notar. An old lady told me, congratulations, you bought the dance house. The dance museum in Sik currently houses 460 pairs of boots used in traditional dancing as well as music instruments. Visitors can also dance here, says Michal van Langeveld. I have a very big uh, collection of uh, violins, double basses, and they like that uh, very much. And the interesting thing is that uh, nowadays uh, a lot of uh, tourists are coming, thanks to the tourist office in uh, Kruinapoca. In the surroundings in Sik, we have, after the Duna Delta, the second largest field of uh, reeds. It's called in Romanian language uh, Stufadis. Well, the most interesting thing is uh, that a lot of Japanese are coming and uh, people from Israel. Nearby Sikh, you have the place Gela. It's an Armenian city, but it has also a Jewish uh, synagogue. And a lot of people from Israel like to visit this uh, synagogue. And on the same day also, they like uh, to come to my place. Because once I told uh, the guide that I can dance also 200 uh, Israeli dances. And uh, spontaneous, I started to sing an uh, Israeli uh, song. And then uh, within a couple of seconds, everybody was dancing. And uh, the guide, who is always coming. The first 15 minutes we are not looking in the museum, but we are dancing uh, Israeli dances. You have been listening to Inside Romania.
This is Radio Romania International. Cultural event. Hello, I'm Cristina Matescu with a report about an exhibition on show until October at the Filipescu Cesiano Museum House in Bucharest and dedicated to the history of St. Nicholas Udrican Church. The curator of the exhibition, Raluca Moței, tells us more. The exhibition seeks to reconstruct the history of the church and the community that formed around it. On show are materials originating from the archaeological research conducted between 2005 and 2008 and in 2018 by experts from the Bucharest City Museum. Visitors will be able to discover the fascinating history of this old city church, whose existence was closely linked to that area. What can visitors see in the exhibition? Curator Raluca Mozei. On display are silver candlesticks, cups and crosses, church books, tombstones, pottery, glassware and ceramic vessels from the 18th and 19th centuries. The exhibits are part of the archaeological collections of the Bucharest City Museum and belong to St. Nicholas Udrican Church. The curator of the exhibition, Raluca Mozei, also spoke about the changes to the architecture of the church throughout time. The church grounds were home to one of the first schools to teach in the Romanian language. Some of its best-known pupils were musician Anton Pan and writer Petre Spirescu. The church was built in 1734, the expenses being covered by steward Udrican and his wife Maria. The church grounds also contain a bell tower which also serves as the entrance to the church compound, as well as cells and administrative buildings. A community was formed around the church, initially linked to the name of priest Isaac and then known as Udricani. Some of the nearby homes belonged to court officials, a priest and a teacher. But by the mid-19th century, more than half of the families in the community were traders and craftspeople. Some of the children of the community attended the primary school opened on the church grounds. And in the last quarter of the 19th century, they were also home to a shelter for poor and invalid persons. Until the burial law of 1864, parishioners were buried in the cemetery near the church. The Great Fire of the 23rd of March 1847 affected much of the community. The church, four larger houses, 57 smaller houses and 10 shops were burned down. The church was rebuilt in 1848 thanks to efforts by Timotei Troados, the former abbot of St. John Monastery in Fokshani. A series of building regulations were adopted in the wake of the fire that led to changes to the architectural and urban structure of the entire area. Small one-story houses with large gardens were replaced by new buildings with a street front, several floors and narrow courtyards. After further changes to the urban fabric occurring during the communist regime, the church is today one of the few standing testaments to the past.
Next in this program, sports. Welcome to the Athlete of the Week with me, Eugen Nasta. At the World Rowing Championships held in Bled, Slovenia, the Romanian delegation's overall record is made of five gold medals and one silver medal. On Saturday, the Romanian four-rowing crew made of Madalina Beres, Maria Tivodariu, Magdalena Rusu and Amalia Beres walked away with gold. Also on Saturday, the Romanian delegation's only silver medal went to the men's coxed eight crew made of Mihaiza Tiganescu, Ciprian Tudose, Florin Arteni, Mugorel Vasile Semciuc, Marius Cosmiuc, Sergiu Bejan, Stefan Berariu, Florin Lehac and Adrian Munteanu. On Sunday, Ionela Cosmiuc won gold in the lightweight women's single skulls, while Ioana Vranciano and Roxana Angel won the world title in the women's spare. Olympic champions Zanko Sabodnar and Simona Radish won yet another gold medal in women's spare event. The Romanian delegation concluded the competition, also winning gold in women's coxed eight event. The winning crew was made of Magdalena Rusu, Roxana Angel, Adriana Adam, Maria Tivodariu, Madalina Beres, Amalia Beres, Ioana Vrancianu, Simona Radish and Victoria Stefana Petreanu. According to the nation's competition, Romania came in second, while Great Britain was at the top of the table. All medalists at the 2023 edition of the European Championships fully deserve the title of the Athlete of the Week. Spoiled for choice as it may be, Radio Romania International opted for designating Ionela Kozmiuk the Athlete of the Week for her exceptional feat in the individual event she won. Halfway through the race, Kozmiuk was third placed, yet her comeback was exceptional. Ionela won the race eventually, setting a new European record with a timing of 7 minutes, 32 seconds and 43 hundredths of a second. Ionela Kozmiuk was born on January the 3rd, 1995, in northern Romania's Kampulung Moldovanesk. She's 1 meter 78 centimeters tall and weighs 57 kilograms. Ionela is signed up by Dinamo Bucharest Sports Club. Her international record includes the 8th place she won at the Rio Olympics in 2016 and the 6th place at the Tokyo Olympics in 2021. Ionela Kozmiuk is a two-time world champion in Sarasota, the United States of America, in 2017 and in Bulgaria's Plovdiv in 2018. Ionela's record also includes a bronze medal she won at the European Championships in 2019 in Poznan, Poland. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.io and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hello dear friends and welcome to a fresh RRI program devoted to Romania's pop and rock music and musicians. I am Daniel Bilzer, the microphone, and today we are going to have a look at the latest album launched by rock guitarist, singer and songwriter Gabriel Isak. Let's now listen to a first song from this new album, suggestively entitled She. Fura Nico, Fura Laro, Fornica, Fornicolaro, Twist. <laughs> 
Today's edition of our pop rock music feature has been devoted to the latest album launched by the famous rock guitarist, singer and songwriter Gabriel Isaac under the ingenious title She, which has been inspired by the eternal feminine. Let's now listen to the song that gives the name of this very interesting CD album. Yeah. Răsărit în calea mea Când credeam că dragostea E pe cete la altar Și a frumuseții dar Ia Ce a spus odată, da Albul fulgilor de nea S-a topit pe pielea fină Picurii roșii fără vină E ea Îmbrăcată în lumină Ea În obraj e dragostea Parcă nici n-a fost cândva Neînțelese rugăminți Neuitate nopți fierbinți Ea Este visul ce-a durut E dorința de a fi vrut oricât Doar povești împrăștiate Pierdute în realitate E ea O lumină în fața mea 
Lasă valuri ca să ducă În larg clipele nălucă Și mărgeam să ne aducă Lasă ploaia ca să spere Toate gândurile rele Și ale tale și ale mele E ofranda primaverii Paradigma încheierii Este ultimul cuvânt Purtat în neant de vânt Ia Cețuri reci în fața mea Imposibil verb de a vedea Întunericul din cal Din a dragostei schimbare E ea O himera în fața mea Ca o frunză rătăcită și de vânt rostogolită Lăsând inima golită Ca o muzică divină Ce se pierde fără vină E ea Gabriel Isaac, the complex musician whose latest album has inspired today's musical program on our radio station, has also had a keen interest in hard rock and heavy metal, which is quite visible in the last song we are going to play for you in this program. <laughs> Ești din ce în ce ești, cum alta nu e Ești din ce în ce mai frumoasă Ești din ce în ce mai divină Ești din ce în ce mai regină Ce a plecat la atac pe o tablă fără alb Ești din ce în ce mai frumoasă Ești din ce în ce mai fantastică E 
Living Romania. Coming up next in the program. New names on the cover. Welcome to a new edition in our new names on the cover series. I'm your host, Eugen Nastam. Given what it's taken, coming to terms with Romania's communist past still has its trials and tribulations. Researchers' attempts to shed light on less familiar periods in Romania's communist history are remarkable. The other day I had the chance to approach Radu Eremia, whose most recent volume, entitled Clandestine Communist Networks in Romania from the Russian Revolution to the Tatar Bunar Rebellion, is a groundbreaking research volume focusing on the advent of communism in Romania in the early 20th century. It is an exceptional volume, brought out by the Vrema Publishers in Bucharest in April 2023. For our English-speaking listeners from around the world, I asked Radu Eremia to tell us all why he has chosen that particular period of communism, the early 1920s that is, as his research area for his most history volume. I wanted to research and write about a lesser-known period of the communist movement because most studies are either about the communist regime or about the interwar period analyzed in extenso. So the beginnings of the movement and especially the role of the clandestine networks were little known. There were several books that described this phenomenon in one way or another. One was written by Stelian Tanase and it's called Onti Varvara's Clients, Clandestine Histories. It presents one point of view of the clandestine movement over a long time, from 1917-1918 to 1944. A second one is a book by Ludmila Rotari, which covers only Bessarabia in the period analyzed by me. There is a third one by Zinovia Husorescu, former Inspector of General Security of those years, in charge of Bessarabia. Steli Antanase was also my PhD supervisor and one of my mentors in an analysis mostly based on archive research. So I felt the need to fill in some gaps and emphasize new aspects from a political science point of view, but also from the point of view of informing the general public by describing what happened. You are listening to Radio Romania International. New names on the cover continues on Radio Romania International. I'm Eugen Nasta. Again, for our English-speaking listeners from around the world, I wanted Radu Eremia to explain what exactly the clandestine networks or cells were in Romania in the 1920s. Clandestine networks were forms of uh, organization based on cells, which carry out illegal activities to support the communist movement in Romania, in the context in which the Russian state, later the Soviet Union, led by Lenin, wanted to export the proletarian revolution. Basically, they were urging the creation of a state favorable to revolution. 
at least that was the ideal. If this didn't work, takeover of power by force was in order, even under the form of a coup d'etat. Communist parties were required by Lenin and the leadership in Moscow to have a dual existence or structure, one legal and one illegal. In the illegal structure were revolutionaries by profession, people who dedicated themselves uh, 1000% to the communist cause and were paid for this. These clandestine networks start to appear in Romania after the coup in Russia in October 1917. We know important names of the communists from that period. Christian Rakowski, Aleku Konstantinescu, Gilbert Moscovich. This one is the brother of the even more famous Ilya Moscovich, leader of the Social Democratic Movement. Konstantinescu and Gilbert Moscovich were, one after the other, the leaders of the clandestine networks in the period I wrote about. Regarding the illegal organization in general, we found articulated forms of political moves, movements based on the clandestine networks from the first half of the 19th century in France, then in Russia in the second half. Under Lenin, we reached the peak of the organization of clandestine networks. The communist movement in Romania in the early 1920s had its momentum in the Tatarbuna rebellion. I asked Radu Eremia to outline the context of the then revolt and to explain to what extent it was supported by the Communist Party in Moscow. Radu Eremia once again. The Tatarbuna rebellion, because it must be emphasized that it was a rebellion, not an uprising or the beginning of a revolution, was prepared by people from the Soviet intelligence services who tried through a network of cells to destabilize the regime. In the years 1923-1924, the Soviet Union made its last attempts to cause so-called revolutions in the countries of Central and Eastern Europe. The Romanian intelligence services were warned in advance that a coup d'etat or an attempt to seize power was being prepared in areas where the minorities, Russians, Bulgarians, etc., were widely represented. On July 20, 1924, the Executive Committee of the Communist International issued a circular through the Bureau of Information. This was sent to the Central Committees of the Communist parties in Poland, Lithuania, Estonia, Romania and Yugoslavia, detailing the establishment both on Soviet territory and in other states of detachments intended to fight against the governments of these countries and for internal destabilization. Action plans were also drawn up. The place chosen for Romania, without notifying even the leadership of the Romanian Communist Party and without any details given to the leadership of the clandestine movement in Old Kingdom, was the south of Bessarabia, where first there were a few bandit attacks. Then there was an attempt to seize power in many villages, starting with Tatar Bunar, led by Soviet agents as well, 
The communists in these networks followed the precise instruction for a coup d'etat, but part of the administration opposed it and the Romanian armed forces were nearby, which led to the suppression of the rebellion and the killing of most of those involved. The biggest trial against communists since the interwar period will follow. Apart from a very small pool of specialists, I wanted to find out from Radu Eremia who else he thought his most recent work targeted in terms of readership. First, this book was a PhD thesis. Then I made the content more accessible for all those interested in learning more about what meant the early years of the communist movement in our country. It's not necessarily a book to read with a pencil in hand. It can also be a book for leisure. Everyone who is passionate about history can read it, but it, it can be it can become part of the curriculum for the history of the communist movement in Romania or in Central and Eastern Europe. There are new things between the pages that will make you want to read other book about communist. It can be read by all categories from pupils and students to retired people who lived under the communist regime, but who probably do not know that much about the early years of the movement. Or if they know, they were taught in school in highly romanticized fashion because neither the communist historians nor the pre-1989 education system presented the whole picture of the events. And that was New Names on the Cover. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to the traditional music segment that wraps up Radio Romania International broadcast. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and our guest today is Iwana Krista, with a song devoted to her native region of Oltenia in the south of the country. Thank you. 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.